everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Two-Headed Game Master. I'm Cosmo, the first head. And I'm Dane, the four-eyed head. Four-eyed head. I get it, because you're a nerd. Yeah. <laughs> Glasses nerd. Because, uh, well... To, well, I'll get to it. <laughs> Two-Headed Game Master is a podcast about writing, designing, running, and playing role-playing games, where we discuss our favorite hobby, share our thoughts with you, and play some games sometimes. Dane, what are we discussing today, Four Eyes? Well, <laughs> we are going to be headed to your local library. So buckle up your reading glasses and prepare for learning. Because of a lot of reading, because of at the library. Because of books. And I went with the four eyes head because I thought like bookworm head or whatever would be too easy. So mm-hmm. I, I made your work for it. A little but, bit. Still fun. It's funny. So library. We're going to be talking about how to run a library mm-hmm. in your role playing uh, setting yeah. context game. Um, so what is, well, signposting, right? Yeah. yeah. We're going to talk about what even is a library what even is that place talk about the setting of a library what is we have called the search the rules and hidden secrets Mm -hmm. all of those those are separate bullets components we're going to talk about the search that's a concept the rules of the library and then hidden secrets of the library and the goal, I guess, is for you to just, like, I would say there's nothing groundbreaking in what we're going to talk about today. These are just, like, things that we no, put together I from... Think, I think it's definitely uh, not something that is obvious, because, like, oh, a library, I'm running a library session, my, my yeah. group's going to the library. Right, it doesn't just write itself, you have to think about it. I mean, it can be. And we were easy, thinking about it. It can be as easy as just like, yeah, they go to the library. The librarian's like, oh yeah, that book is here. Here you go. And then boom, they get their knowledge. But like, yeah. if you want it to be more of a place that they, you know, an actual place that they visit and play some of the session in, because they pop up a lot. Yeah. And I think they're always really cool because there's always yeah, all right. Let's talk about what a library yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, let's get to that. Because this is mm-hmm. verging on that subject. So I think they're always really cool because, like, a library represent knowledge and power. Mm-hmm. You know, knowledge is power. Yeah. It's worth saying, you know, dividing them into separate things. People um, are usually going to the library for some sort of knowledge. At least in fiction or in, like, gaming, you're going to go to the library because you yeah. have a reason to go this, to the library. This isn't your, like, oh, my bus after school drops me off at the library and I have to and entertain I, yeah. myself while my parents come pick me up. Mm-hmm. Which is fun, don't get me wrong, but right. that's not what we're, this that's isn't, not the kind of library This isn't casually about. go to the library and, you know, look for something fun that you're going to enjoy reading. This is going to a library as usually a means to some further objective. Sure. You got to like, you got to learn something well, it's first. A, it's a mystical place, right? Yeah. Like you think about libraries in medieval settings, those are, you know, accumulation of all the, the knowledge and the power of that mm-hmm. knowledge, because, you know, in medieval times, not everybody is literate. So also we're not supposed to say medieval times anymore. Yeah. 
I'm not really sure why. It's not like a slur to anybody. There's just more accurate yes. words to divide up yes. periods of history. The Middle Ages. Yeah. Or mid and late antiquity. It's fine. Anyways, so, yeah, a lot, lot of illiterate populace and learning things about, like, what uh, a faraway place, what they're up to is important and can be like, oh, yeah, they're doing math over there. Mm-hmm. Um so, so what's the that's library? like a fantasy, you know. It's a, it's a place where that information is collected. But sci-fi also has their libraries, too, mm-hmm. usually called archives. And sometimes archives is fantasy as mm-hmm. well. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, so, it's usually, it's, it could be remote, but usually it's a physical place. It's not. Well, let's stick on. Well, I was talking about more, what is a library. Yes, it's, yeah. a, it's a physical mm-hmm. building most of the time. Right. And so it's like a physical place that they would go to, and it holds this stuff. Right. But what... I almost wrote that as a joke, but it got too long for the outline. But, uh, you know, a library is a building, and it has shelves and books, but that's (laughs) what a library needs. What a library is, what a library really is, is a concept. So, you know, it gives... A window into the past and can give insight into the future as well mm. right it's a it's a cool place to go right like you read a book you learn a spell boom new power yeah so that is what a library is now the setting of a library right not the setting of your role-playing game but the setting of a library mm-hmm. right kind of broke it down it can have all three of these components, or it can just be one, mm-hmm. necessarily, as long as it's the concept of, you know, knowledge, a knowledge cache. Yeah. Right? So, there's the exclusive library. Most libraries in fantasy and sci-fi, there's some sort of exclusivity. Yeah. We, we said it's not just, like, your local library that you visit on your way home from school or whatever. It's not a tax-funded, open-to-everyone thing. It's usually run by someone. Someone benefits from, like, having access to all this knowledge. And usually in fiction and also in history, the people who are in charge of it are a little bit jealous of it. They want to, you know, they want to hold on to it. They don't want to necessarily give it away right. for free to everybody. So you have to... they would have less power, right? Yeah. They want to have a... They would have, have thumb on it, you know. Less, and so there's there's got to be a system of exclusivity that limits who has access, and your players are going to have to kind of play along with that to some degree. Right. Like for example, in the King Killer Chronicles, mm-hmm. the university, the university, they have a big old library there, and Kravoth is all wet in the pants for it. Yep. Uh, so Big he's a nerd. student, right? He's a student, but yeah. he's like an entry level student and he can't get in the library. He's got to be like, yeah. you know, the next level Alar or whatever it's he, called. He first gets there and new kids are limited to what they can access. And then he gets tricked and gets in some trouble and he's like, oh, you're never going to, you're never going to get access to this part of the library. And then later he does, but mm-hmm. there's levels of what. There's levels of, like, what 
type of student you are and you have to be of a certain level to have free access to all the information in there. And then once you are, you got it. But then you're also responsible for like not letting other people take it or not taking stuff out or giving it away, whatever. Yes. Right. So libraries can be exclusive. Yep. Often right? are. Often are. And in the, you know, setting context of a, of a role-playing game, right? But some are less exclusive as in there's nobody, like, really keeping you out. What's keeping you out is the remoteness. Yeah. Sometimes a library, especially, like, a supernatural one mm -hmm. or, uh, I don't know, a sci-fi one out in space, whatever. It's only... It's only a big deal because it's, you know, so far away. It's so hard to get to. It's the hidden lost somewhere. library trope. Mm -hmm. So, Avatar The Last Airbender, you never really have to look further than that show for a good example mm -hmm. of pretty much anything. Any story device. Yeah. Um, Wan Chi Tong's hidden library. Buried in the desert. And he sends out his little spirits to collect nifty bits of information then he keeps them all there and it's all organized in a library underground secret spirit library but you know you can't just walk in mm -hmm. because you have to go on a dangerous desert journey to find it yeah and like Wan Xing Tong's is a perfect example of like the concept of a library right because lots of well it's used a couple times mm -hmm. and even the bad guy uses it He's three like, I discovered a lost library if you include library. Korra three times yeah People go to it always for the same thing, to get some knowledge about something that's going to make them more powerful in the fictional world that they live in. Right. Another big point, big pillar of a library in a, in a role-playing setting is mysteriousness. Mm. And that's a new word I made up. Mysteriousness. <laughs> I think that might just be a regular okay. word in English. But well, all words are made up, so. <laughs> that's true. At some point, <laughs> to go far enough back, we're just, just hooting at each other in trees. <laughs> so, libraries can be mysterious. Mm -hmm. uh, should have a little mysterious uh, aspect to them, right? Because, mm -hmm. you know, that's, that's how you get the awe of, like, you know, your players are in a place that is vast and you know, powerful. Yeah, full Again. of all this, you know, secret information. So we go back to King Killer. The, aside from the, like, entrance to university being exclusive, the students are pretty free to go around in there, except there's the doors. There's the magic doors of stone. And those no, doors. We don't know what's behind them. Ooh, are they going to ever open it? I don't know. I kind of doubt he's going to wrap up the series in the third book, but that's, you know, beside the point. Another great example of a library that is all mystery is the big fucking emerald from The Expanse. And definitely didn't make it into the show, so if you're unfamiliar with the books, you should go read them. But at the end of the series, they find a solar system that's just completely empty, except for a Jupiter-sized hunk of diamond. That's green, which is why they, which call, is why it they call it an emerald. And uh, when they start using their goofy alien technology to try and talk to it, they start learning things about the past civilization. So 
it's not exactly a library. We're not totally sure exactly what it is, but it functions to the humans who find it as a library. Right, an archive of things past. Yeah, right? an archival record of the previous alien civilization that built everything, and it's very cool. But it's all fucking mystery. Like, how did they empty out this solar system? How did they turn all of the physical matter here into a big computer? And how did they put all that knowledge in there? Mm -hmm. And what's it trying to tell us? Ooh. Because they kind of barely figure that out in time. Yeah. So. So there's your your setting of a library, right? Your players are in a library. These are the three buzzwords. You don't have to use all of them. Mm -hmm. But... Like, okay, so the library at Hogwarts in Harry Potter, that's uh, not really any of these things except for the mysterious. It's a little mysterious and a little exclusive when you think about, like, oh, the restricted section, right? Yeah. You have to have a permission from a professor to go in there and get a book. But that level of restriction goes away. By the later books, it's very easy for them to be like, I need restricted section books for my, wow. you know, upper level classes. I mean, it's a huge thing in the earlier books. Yeah. You gotta you gotta put on your invisibility cloak. Yeah, and in the sneak first around. two books it's super exclusive. But kind of just because they're young. Yeah. It's not remote and it's not really exclusive in that you know, everyone at school has just free access to it, except for the the stuff that's locked up. There's a couple things locked up. That's all. But it still is, you know, still a library. It's full of knowledge. They use the library to learn about, you know, the things that are part of the mystery. And then when they learn those things, they have more power over the mystery. They gain power over, you know... They gain more power in their agency in the story. Mm. And, you know, think about it, like, if you were running a role-playing game and you wanted to use the Hogwarts library as a full session, it would need, you would need to have, like, oh, yeah, they're restricted, you know, and go back to, you know, when they're sneaking around in their invisibility cloaks. Yeah. Because in the later books, they're just like, yeah, we went to the library. And, and I got a note because I needed this, yeah. And we got the books and we learned the thing and that's not really a whole session. Right. If you're doing a, if you want to make a session or two out of a library, it yeah. needs to. Then you probably want to look these. at these things. You want to, how is it exclusive? How is it remote or difficult to access? How is it mysterious? What's the mystery in there? Because those are fun things for players to engage with. When you make yes. something exclusive, they're like, fuck, how are we going to, you know, oh, they only let these people in? Mm -hmm. Are we going to like enroll or are we going to sneak in? Remote, obviously, it's an adventure to get there. You have to unravel clues and you have to find it. And then mysterious. What's going on behind those doors, man? I don't know. We're going to figure out a way behind them and find out. That's what makes it a fun place to play. Yes. So, let's move on to the search. The reason your players are there, right? Mm-hmm. So... Most, the biggest reason you go to libraries, you're looking for something that's in the library, some content, some knowledge, you know, some hidden power, whatever. Yeah. Right. That's that's the majority of libraries in in stories is yeah, in fiction. We need to go to a library to learn this thing, right? But doesn't necessarily have to be. No, it usually is. Which is why we called it the search. That's why we mm -hmm. called this section. Usually the reason you go to a library is because, you know, you have a clue 
or you need some sort of edge or whatever. And you're like, maybe the answer is here. But you could just use the setting of the library as a place where something else happened. A more where mundane adventure. adventure. Right? So, like, uh, we chose the example of Bookholm. Mm -hmm. For those unfamiliar... Uh, Which Bookholm. is probably most people. Yeah. Uh, it's a city in Zamonia. Uh, from the Zamonia saga by Walter Morse. I know we've at least mentioned it we've, on the podcast. We have to have mentioned it, but I, I think it bears going over again. Yes. So the Zamonia series is, uh, I, I would call them young adult. They're pretty whimsical and kind of, um, not childish, but they have like a light kind of cartoony yeah, feel to them. young adult. So Zamonia is this fantasy setting it's uh, a lost continent in the ancient history of our world between um in the middle of the atlantic and atlantis was its capital city and there's just all kinds of fun fantasy stuff there and this author walter morris has wrote several books about various wacky characters there one of them is a big dinosaur who wants to be a writer. He comes from a castle and a family full of writers, and he goes to this place that's all about books to find his muse, to find his inspiration. He's actually going to look up an author, but his his quest is about finding his inspiration. And so basically we just said the whole fucking city, Bookholm is a library. We, yeah, we're saying it's it all counts about as a books. library. It's built out of books. There's bookstores everywhere, and mm -hmm. the catacombs beneath the city are a giant Book haunted cache. library. Yeah. You know, with tunnels and traps and book pirates and mm. uh, and book hunters. Book hunters. And, you know, it's a great romp. Yeah. Um, and I would say, just an aside, we usually do this at the end. But if you're interested in just some pure fantasy fiction, whimsical adventure, you should check these books out because they rule. Zamonia. Yeah. Spelled how it sounds, with a Z. Zamonia. Right, so back to the search, right? Um, your players got to explore the library for some reason. Mm -hmm. Most likely it's probably going to be they need the search. a book There's or a, a scroll yeah. or a, you know, a data the, file. The answer to a clue mm -hmm. that they have from somewhere else, maybe the library has it. Let's look for it in the library. Right, so they're running around exploring the library. Well, where does the conflict come in, right? The rules of the library. Libraries got rules. They always have rules. Mm -hmm. Big one being shh. Can't just go in the library, take your shirt off, and start yelling. <laughs> They'll kick you out. So if you want to use the library, whatever library you set up, whatever exclusivity or you know spookiness or whatever, wherever you've put it in your fantasy setting... The library is going to have rules that your players are going to have to abide with. Usually, you got to be quiet in a library. Mm -hmm. But in fantasy, it's usually a little more strict than that. The way they ex they uh, the way they enforce the exclusivity. I don't know why mm -hmm. I tripped over that so hard. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, you got to be a member of the university to come in. Mm -hmm. Oh, you guys aren't members of the university. How are you going to become members of the university? Right. Or, like, oh, we're you not. Can't, we're going to sneak in. That's right? another thing. Yeah. Sneak in or, like, you know, you can't uh, copy anything down. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, no 
no data storage devices. You can't just plug in a USB drive and take it, right? Yeah. I don't know if this is in the, like, Forgotten Realms lore, but when Enzo was running D&D for us and we went to the library, we went to Candlekeep. That's a whole mm-hmm. library town, right? Um, I don't know if they were just, like, shaking us down or if it's, like, part of the fiction, but you couldn't just, like, write stuff down. You couldn't take things yeah. with you. If you wanted something, you had to, like, submit it and pay a scribe, an official scribe, to you know, make a scroll for you mm. out of the book that you want. Right, which is, that's great. That's a great, uh, you know, bit there. And, like, that's where this whole episode came from is Enzo ran a, a session where we were in the library. And I just thought that was a cool thing because also libraries come up a lot in fiction. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, there's, like, there's little challenges, right? Like, oh, no open flames, Okay, well, then how the fuck are we supposed to read the books? Yeah. Well, that's a challenge. You we know? sell these, you know, non-burning right? or, glow stones. You know, you got to walk around with one of, like, the scribes in the library who has, like, a magic, you know, light spell or yeah. whatever, right? But then you're, you know, under the watch of this scribe. And so, like, yeah, no He's stealing. there next like, to you the whole time. You can't yeah. take the books you want or whatever, right, mm-hmm. you know? Rules that, you know, y- you want to make it. Basically, what I think it boils down to is, like, you want to make it obnoxious and a little inconvenient for your players to interface with this library. Because what that's going to force them to do, first of all, engage with the fiction of it a little bit. Like, oh, these dorks, they're so strict. Why, you know, why don't they just let me read a book? And, like, well, because me, the game master, I know you're going to try and steal it. Mm. That's why they're not, you know, going to just leave you alone with it or whatever. But... Right, you can't you, make it too easy, right? Right, you force them to engage with it, they start to use their abilities. They also start to just, like, use their wits and try to roll for interesting stuff. Mm-hmm. Make them... You know, come up with distractions. Make them try or, stuff. You know, sneak in and, you know, hide stuff. Um, right, so let's, you know, talk about the dorks. Yeah. Right? Controlled by dorks is what it says here on the outline as under <laughs> rules for a library. Controlled by dorks. Right, so, like... Most of the dorks working the library are, like, indifferent. They make you follow the rules, but, like, they're not going to get in your ass, but they're also not going to help you. Right. Right? Like, well, that's a bad example. Uh, a few should be hostile, right? Like, the the real mean ones who are like, oh, you, I'm watching you really closely and, mm-hmm. like, no room for, I've like, seen adventures like yeah. you before. Listen, pal. No torches, no ripping pages out, and I'm going to be right here with my beady little eye on you. Right? Like an example from the ones we used before, Wong Shi Tong. Yeah. The man who knows, the owl, the spirit who knows of 10,000 things mm-hmm. or whatever. <laughs> uh, right? He's a, he's a big asshole. Yep. He's, well, he's got a reason to be, for sure. Well, then he aligns himself with us because that's if true. We're talking about Cora. Then that, that's true. In Cora, he, he, yeah, he picks kind of a jerk side in Cora. But in the first place, he's like, "Listen, the last people who came here, they burnt some of my stuff, and they were only here to like get an edge to kick someone else's ass. That's not why you're here, is it?" And then lying through their teeth, they're like, "No, <laughs> we don't want to beat someone up. We just want." library time and he's like all right i 
I'll trust you. And then they and were there. Like, I knew it. it. Yeah, I knew it. Humans never I'm change. I'm going to kill you now. And then, yeah, he tries to kill them. Pretty mean. A little extreme. But I think, uh, I don't know. I don't know where we would put that. Maybe in the search or somewhere in the rules. But, like, the high stakes of mm. it. You know, not just getting kicked out. Oh, you got kicked out, you didn't learn. But, like, this is a magical library. Right. In a we're going to arrest setting. you or, mm-hmm. you know, we're going to wipe your brain or whatever. Right? Yeah. We're going to take you down where we have, like, a chained up mind flare and he's going to rip it out of your brain. This knowledge that you tried to steal from us or something. Right. So there's also should be a couple friendly dorks who help you get around the hostile ones, right? Mm-hmm. You know, the ones who are open to bribes and be like, well, you know, if I slip you 50, will you let me take this book? Mm-hmm. Or they're just, like, not as much of a dick. They're like, oh, don't worry about him. Like, yeah, he's a pill, but I can help you find one. What is it that you need? And be a little less, you know, strict about, like, leaving you unsupervised or whatever. But right, uh, some allies, I, I like some I like the bribes to... example too because that's still making your players work within a system. Mm. You don't want to make it too easy. Mm. They should have to work this system, and it should be a little restrictive because if it's just open, that's not a very fun gaming experience. Right, because you need you need some conflicts and some challenges, right? Mm. You know, but you also need some avenues of uh, you know help, right? Because like I'm a barbarian, I don't read good. And then they could have a terrible time in the library. Yeah. Right. But if you set up some things as like, you know, oh, this is how you get around this and yada, 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 yada. Mm-hmm. So rules are important because it sets up challenges for your players and it makes it fun. Yes. Now, on the vein of getting around the rules are the hidden secrets, right? Like the library's got to have hidden things yes. to find and explore. Right. And so it doesn't necessarily need to be like the things in the forbidden section. Right. It could be like secret passageways or like, you know, items long forgotten. Like if it's, you know, a a huge like, you know, labyrinth catacomb style. Right. Like maybe some scholar was researching shit and just like forgot to eat and died down there and left his, you know, magic staff or something. Yeah. You find it. Or, you know. You're, like, looking at some books on a shelf, and then one of them kind of falls down. You're like, oh, someone built a little, like, room hidden in the books. And then you move them, and you go back there. And suddenly, you're, like, out from under their watchful gaze. Mm. Who knows what's hidden down there? Right. And it's, and it could also not necessarily be... Uh, wait. Oh, I fucked that one up. It's not not necessarily the forbidden things, yeah. right? Like the restricted section books, if your players figure out a way to steal one of those, like throw them a bone. Be yeah. like, yeah, here's a spell that was really powerful and that's why it's in the forbidden section. Because, yeah, doing it shouldn't it. be easy. Mm-hmm. And if they get away with it, it's a real, it's a real bummer. It'd be like, oh, it's a, you know. I don't know, some jerk just, like, made this book out of human skin or whatever, but there's nothing interesting in it. Mm. Right. You want to give them something powerful. Maybe it's in a language they don't know, but, like, oh, man, if they could find somebody to translate it, they'd know some things. Yeah. Right? And, like, you know, the more classic examples of just, like, lost knowledge, powerful spells, you know. 
for like you know cyberpunk style like some some really bad demons mm-hmm. you know viruses and stuff for all the nets yeah. you know stuff like that so the the end goal of the library is like they find the hidden knowledge or you know whatever they were searching for which if they're just searching for knowledge should be well hidden mm-hmm. Right, they can't just walk in and ask the the librarian, "Give me the book on yeah. how to defeat the dragon." That tells me about this guy and what's his deal. Yeah, and even if they, I would say, even if they roll great or they're following all the rules, the answer shouldn't just be right there. Yeah. That's boring. Mm. That's the no fun to play. The answer should be: we spend three days following the rules, because then you could just be like, "Okay, three days gone." Yeah. Here's your answer. Here's that's the not answer. a session. That's right. you know that's, that's just barely narrative. a session. Unless you don't want to play a session in the library, then you could give them that and then get on to the right. session that you actually want to play. But if you want to play a session in the library, you got to put that answer behind some stuff, some stuff that they have to work through. Mm-hmm. The exclusivity, the rules of the library, the dorks who are running the library and kind of not really helping you. Which makes for, you know, a fun session and uh, interesting setting because, uh, you know, being the nerds that we are, libraries are cool. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, what they represent is cool and a lot of good fiction have libraries in them, which means that we're right. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Undeniable pathways of logic. I would say. So, what do you think? Should we recap? Recap. Running right. a library. So, yes. The, what the library represents, it's knowledge and power. You know, it has all the past knowledge, which is useful now, right? You know, those who don't understand the past are doomed to repeat it or mm-hmm. whatever that soundbite is. Learning that stuff, it gives you power over the future. You You gain more control or you gain an edge, whatever. That's what a library is for. That's what it represents, usually in sci-fi and fantasy. Mm. Uh, getting into the library should be a, a thing, right? You know, they're exclusive, or they're remotes, or they're mysterious. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're going to have to overcome obstacles. some aspect of that to gain access to the library in the first place. Right, and there should be a good reason you go to that trouble, right? The search, you know, they want you know, a bit of knowledge about the big bad. Uh, they need to power up their their spells or, you know, what have you. Mm-hmm. Um, find the map or, you know, whatever. Um, it doesn't always have to be that. You can use the setting of a library to run a more kind of classic adventure, like, you know, kill this bad guy or mm-hmm. uh, re- just recover this lost thing, whatever, or without... Clear out the, yeah, the clear, catacombs. You know, there's like, just there's goblins there's down spiders there. and goblins, whatever. You can use a library for the setting for you know anything like that, but you probably want to tie it in with this stuff, which means they have like a reason to search the library, which means there's some knowledge that they're missing, something that mm-hmm. they're after. You probably want to go with that, right? And they have to navigate the rules of the library, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they have to. Uh, because there should be stakes. If they break the rules, maybe, you know, they get thrown in jail or, um, you know, dead. Yeah. Magical, um, magical punishments. If it's a, 
you know, a wizard college and you read something you shouldn't have read. Maybe it puts a curse on you, something you have to deal with. That's cool. Your players have to... They don't have to follow the rules. No. They don't have to abide by the rules. They can break the rules and circumvent them. You want them to because that's fun gameplay. But you got to put the rules there so they can't just like walk in, get what they want, and leave in a boring way. Right. And that's where the secrets come in. Is mm-hmm. The secrets will help them circumvent the rules set in place. Yes. To stop them doing exactly what they're trying to do. <laughs> Find secret things in the library by flouting the rules, by sneaking around. And then you gain interesting magical library rewards from that. Right. Or, you know, magical can also be turned sci-fi. Yeah, sci-fi. We didn't talk as much uh, about sci-fi in this episode, but definitely uh, it has its place Libraries in are things in sci-fi as well. Uh, you know, you just sci-fi them up. But you still are going because there's some information that you need that's going to give you power over something else. And there's obstacles and rules you have to follow. It can be in space. Or it can be, you know, fantasy in a castle. It's fine. Either way. But. I mean, that's going to do it. That about um, does it. For this episode of Two-Headed Game Master. Like every time, you can find us mm-hmm. on the internet at 2HGM.com. Mm-hmm. We have a forum for contact and feedback on 2HGM, which is due for a bit of an update, but, uh, you know. We're working on it. We have the Eclipse Engine, which is a free, um, just setting agnostic game system. It's always going to be free. You can check it out if you want to try a new system or if you're new to the hobby. There's some also other free tools like a dungeon creator and just like, you know, some some neat little knickknacks. Mm-hmm. Um, we also have links to our Patreon and our Twitter. We're funny on Twitter. Give us money. And we need money on Patreon if you want to help us out. Those are places you can engage with us in positive ways. Um, join us next time for another episode of Two-Headed Game Master. Real quick again, I'd like to plug the Zamonia series. They're, just, they're good books. They're cool. Uh, I suggest starting with Rome, Rumo. I almost yep. said it bad. Rumo of Zamonia by R-U-M-O Walter Moore. R-U-M-O of Zamonia. It's a fun adventure about a sword-fighting doggo who... Gets into all kinds of trouble. It's fun. Uh, thank you to the Burning Saviors for the use of the song Pond Hill is Finest is the intro and outro to our show. And we will see y'all next time. See you next time. Ooh, 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 ooh.